Money with Barry Livingston, Phil Harris, Rochester, Dennis Day, and yours truly, Don Wu. Gentlemen, you all know the exciting story of Kurt Carlson, captain of the Flying Enterprise. But since we can't bring you that hero, we bring you a man who spent two days in a leaky canoe on Hollywood and Vine, <laughs> Jack Benny! Thank you, thank you, thank you. Hello again, this is Jack Benny talking, and Don, you did exactly what I thought you'd do. <laughs> I knew you'd give me that kind of an introduction. Well, what's wrong with it? I'll tell you what's wrong with it. Since we've had this terrific rainstorm, every comedy show will be loaded with gags about the rain, the mud, the deep water. I mean, why can't we be different? But Jack, with all the rain we've been having, I, I thought the subject would be topical. Well, we can talk about something else and still be topical. I mean, the weather's been cold, too. What are you talking about? It hasn't been cold. It hasn't, eh? Don, Jane Russell has been wearing a sweater just to keep warm. <laughs> so don't tell me it hasn't been cold, brother. <laughs> All I know is the other day I got up at 7 o'clock in the down? morning. What What do you say? I say, all I know is that the other day I got up at 7 o'clock in the morning took a long walk in my shirt sleeves. Well, Don, you can do that. You're blubberized. <laughs> you know what I mean? Jack, if you mean what I think you do, I've got news for you. My doctor said I'm not fat. Your doctor said you're not fat, huh? He said the reason I look this way is because I've got small bones. <laughs> small bones, huh? Yes. Don, a fish has small bones, and I've yet to see a halibut with five chins. <laughs> so you can tell your doctor... Oh, hello, Mary. Hello, Jack. Well, it's about time you got to the studio. You weren't even here for rehearsal. But, Jack, I couldn't help it. I left the house in plenty of time. It wasn't my fault that the bank was held up. Bank held up? Yes, I was driving down Hollywood Boulevard. I stopped for a traffic light at Highland when two men with handkerchiefs over their faces jumped in the car, stuck a gun in my ribs and said, Get going, sister. No. They made me drive out Sunset Boulevard. When I slowed down to make a turn, they threatened me with the butt of their guns. Why, those no-good cowards. My leg got tired, and when I released the pressure on the gas pedal, one of them twisted my arm and the other one slapped my face. Why, those dirty yellow rats. Suddenly, they pulled on the brake, jumped out of the car, said, here's something for the gas, and threw me a $20 bill. Gee, what nice guy. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> oh, now, Mary, did you make that story up? Yes, Jack. Every time I'm late, you bought me out, so I thought I'd make up an excuse. Some excuse. That's the worst story I ever heard. How you ever expected anyone to believe such a far-fetched, fantastic story? I'll never... Oh, I'll get it. Hello? Yes, she's here. It's for you, Mary. Oh, thanks. Hello? Yes? Yes, I would. Oh, no, you'll have to do better than that. Much more like it. Thank you. Goodbye. 
Who was that, Mary? Warner Brothers. They just bought the story. <laughs> well, I'll be darned. Anyway, Mary, what was your real reason for being late? Well, Jack, since my car froze two weeks ago, it hasn't been running right, and I couldn't get it started. Mary, don't you know to keep your car from freezing, you have to fill your radiator with alcohol? Alcohol? Coming, mother. <laughs> Well, I'm glad there's something you can talk about, Phil. I'm not paying you all that money just to lead that lousy band, you know? I'll ignore that remark and discuss the subject at hand. Just a week ago, me and Remley were driving up to the snow country, and it was so cold that I stopped at a gas station and bought six quarts of alcohol. Six quarts? You should have seen Remley cry as the guy poured it in the radio. <laughs> oh, he must have felt awful. For the next 10 miles, he had his mouth over the exhaust pipe. <laughs> Why, Phil, he could get asphyxiated that way. Oh, he was! He was. <laughs> Look, Phil. And now, having injected some levity into the program, I shall return to the podium and keep my big, fat mouth shut. <laughs> Thanks, Phil. Thank you, Phil. You... Phil, you weren't funny, but at least you were topical, you know? And now, kid... Oh, hello, Mr. Benny. Well, Dennis, it's about time you got here. Oh, I'm sorry, but I left my house in plenty of time. It wasn't my fault that the bank was held up. <laughs> what? When I stopped for a traffic light, two men with handkerchiefs over their faces jumped in my car, stuck a gun in my ribs, and said, Get going! Oh, two men, huh? Yeah. They stuck a gun in your ribs, huh? Yeah. And I suppose you were very, very frightened. Oh, no, I recognized them. You did? Who were they? Humphrey Bogart and James Cagney. They were making a new picture for Warner Brothers. <laughs> Gee, those studios sure worked fast. Then <laughs> suddenly they told me to stop the car. They jumped out, threw me a $20 bill for the gas, and kissed me goodbye. Kissed you goodbye? In the original story, a girl did the driving. <laughs> I know, I know. Then I drove away singing in my Merry Oldsmobile. You were singing? Yeah, they decided to make it a musical. <laughs> Dennis, Dennis, come here a minute, will you? Huh? Ouch! Jack, why did you punch Dennis in the nose? I wanted the picture to be in color. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I really didn't hit Dennis. What you heard was done by the sound man. Isn't that right, Dennis? Yeah, he punched me in the nose. <laughs> now, Dennis, I want this program to be a musical, too, so let's have your song, oh, will okay.
Dennis and Phil, I must admit that the music sounded good, too. Well, thank you, Jackson. It's about time you paid my boys a compliment. Phil, I compliment these boys anytime I feel... Wait a minute, Phil. Huh? I just noticed that Fletcher is back in the band again. Yeah, yeah, good old Fletch. Got back three days ago. Well, Phil, wait a minute. I thought Fletcher always played a slide trombone. How come he's playing a clarinet? We had to switch him to an instrument he could play with his hands close together. We can't get the handcuffs off. <laughs> handcuffs? Phil, what did... What did... What did Fletcher... What did Fletcher do this time? He... He... He, he didn't do nothing. <laughs> Then why, why, why? <laughs> then why do they take him back to prison? Because they changed wardens, and he's the only one who knows where everything is. <laughs> oh, yeah? Then why do they put the handcuffs on? Because they wanted everything to stay where it is. <laughs> well, I'm glad I got that straightened out. Say, Phil, how many times has Fletcher been on probation? This is his third semester. <laughs> oh, Phil, uh... Say that word again, will you? Semester. Say it once more. Semester. You know, folks, at rehearsal, he kept pronouncing it seamstress. <laughs> Imagine seamstress. A natural mistake for a chap who likes to keep the audience in stitches. <laughs> now, cut that out! <laughs> now, look, kids, let's stop all this silly talk and get on with the program, because tonight, I have a great surprise for you. Surprise? Yes, I got a special guest to appear on our program today and sing the song that I wrote. When you say I beg your pardon, <laughs> then I'll uh, come back to you. What a song. Oh, yeah? 
Last week you asked Donna Shore to sing it, and she turned you down. Well, I'm glad she did, because this song is much better for a male vocalist. Don't you think so, Dennis? Call me madam. <laughs> oh, stop. Oh, Jack, when will you learn? Last week you tried to get Mary Alonza to sing it, and he wouldn't touch it. I know, and I'm glad, because now I've really got the best. Well, then, Jack, for heaven's sake, who did you get? I'll tell you who I got. None other than that inimitable stylist of popular songs, George Burns. <laughs> That's who I got. George Burns? A Burns and Allen? Yes. You mean sugar throat? <laughs> That's exactly who I mean. Well, I think Jack's made a very good choice. George Burns is an excellent singer. What's the matter, you crazy or something? <laughs> Not crazy. <laughs> you kids, you kids are just jealous because I wrote... Oh, hey, that must be him now. Come in. Yes? I'm the attendant at the parking lot. And I'd like to talk to Phil Harris. Yeah, what is it, fella? I'm having trouble parking your car. Why, what's wrong? Well, every time I step on the starter, the motor sings Sweet Adeline. <laughs> <laughs> just leave it where it is. I'll be out soon. Okay, but what'll I do with a guy who has his arms around the exhaust pipe? <laughs> leave him there, leave him there. Boy, is he asphyxiated. Get out! Gee, I thought sure that would be George. I wonder if he's left his house yet. I better call him and see. Oh, Mabel, what is it, Gaicho? <laughs> Mr. Benny's line is flashing. Yeah, I wonder what Schmovatis wants now. <laughs> I'll plug in and find out. Yes, Mr. Benny. Yeah, just a minute, I'll try and get him. He wants I should get him George Burns. George Burns? I wonder why. Maybe Jack wants him to be a guest on his television show next Sunday. Those two straight men. <laughs> if it wasn't for Mary Livingston and Gracie Allen, they'd be a couple of bums. <laughs> I don't know. On second thought, they could do an act together. Jack could play the violin while George listened to it. <laughs> Jack fiddles while George Boone. <laughs> I made it funny. I made it funny. Someday I may have my own switchboard. <laughs> oh, uh, Benny's line is flashing again. Yeah. He's jealous because we're getting laughed. <laughs> Gertrude, Gertrude, what about my call? I tried Mr. Burns' house, but nobody answered. Oh, well, forget it. Say, kid, George must be on his way down. <laughs> nobody answers at the house. See, look what time it is. I can't understand why George Burns is so late getting here. Maybe he tried to call you at your house. Say, maybe he did, but I haven't been home for the past five days. I came straight from Palm Springs to the studio. Hey, the phone, the phone. That must be George now. 
Hello, is this sugar throat? If you mean lump sugar, yes. <laughs> oh, Rochester. Rochester, what do you want? Well, Friday, you call me from Palm Springs to check on the damage the rainstorm did to our house. Now, wait a minute, Rochester. At the start of the program, I told Don Wilson we're not going to do any jokes about the rainstorm. This ain't no joke, boss. What? Our front porch is covered with a foot of mud. Well, clean it off. Remember, our house is in Beverly Hills. The house is, but the porch ain't. <laughs> you mean our porch floated away? Where is it now? With the flying enterprise. <laughs> what? I stayed with it till the Coast Guard told me to jump. <laughs> Rochester, stop being silly. These are jokes. The people in the audience are laughing. They must be from Florida. <laughs> well, not all of them. Anyway, I'll see you when I get home. Goodbye. Goodbye. Let me see. Five billion dollars at six percent. Whoops. <laughs> Gee, this summer I'd be sitting pretty. All that interest beside my un unemployment check. Oh, well, I'll ask Mert. Jack, will you stop dreaming and get on with the show? Yeah, Jackson, let's get going. I gotta leave. What's your hurry? Well, Alice had a new dress made, and she asked me to stop and pick it up at the semesters. That seems me. <laughs> can't get one thing right. Anyway, we can't get on with the show. Hey, that must be George now. Come in. Well, Jack, I'm here. Hey, kids, it's George Burns. George, I knew you wouldn't let a pal down. Of course not, Jack. What are pals for? You know, kids, George and I have been friends for 20 years. 25. That's right. We've been following each other's careers since the days of Audible. We don't make a move without consulting each other. Isn't that right, George? That's right. But you did have me worried for a while. What took you so long to get here? What took me so long? I've been chasing you all over town looking for you. When did you change networks? <laughs> <laughs> When did I change networks? Three years ago. George Burns, of all people. Jack, don't get mad at him. Remember, he's your pal. Buddies. Buddies. <laughs> now, kids, George came here for one specific reason, and that is to sing my when song. When I say I beg your pardon, <laughs> then I'll come not back yet, to George, you. Not George, not yet. George, not yet. If you ask me to put George, you George, George, hold it. Wait a minute, hold it. I had a special arrangement made Whoa. for the orchestra. Wait a minute. <laughs> George, I had a special arrangement made for the orchestra. So first, I'll find out what key it's in. Phil, what key is... Oh, for heaven's sake. Phil, tell your boys to put away the dice and get back to their seats. The boys ain't shooting dice. Then why are they huddled around in a circle? They're trying to get the handcuffs off the flat. Oh, well, tell them to hurry. Oh, George, I should have asked you when you first came in. How's Gracie? Fine, man. She was going to come with me, but last week she bought a little puppy and she went on Antrim in a dog show. Oh, he must be cute. Not only cute, but Gracie thinks this puppy is the smartest dog in the world. She even thinks he can read. Wait a minute. Gracie thinks this puppy can read? Yeah, when she bought him, the man said, uh, when you lock him up at night in the kitchen, don't forget to put a newspaper on the floor. <laughs>
And she thinks he can read? Leaves the light on all night. <laughs> well, look, George. About my song. Well, you say I beg your pardon. Wait for the band. <laughs> Boy, what an eager beaver. Dennis, Dennis, he's not an eager beaver. He's just anxious to sing my song because he thinks it's wonderful. Don't you, George? Yes, sir. That song will sell more copies than My Tomato Ran Away, But I'll Catch Up to Her. <laughs> Who wrote that? Rogers and Hines. <laughs> what? It has 57 courses. <laughs> That's my pal. Always got a joke. Buddies, buddies. <laughs> now, come on, George. How about doing my song? Now? Okay. Wait till you hear this, folks. Ready, Phil? Take it. When you say I beg your pardon... And I'll come back to you When you ask me to forgive you mm, I'll return <laughs> Listen to that voice <laughs> Like the swallows in Serrano Return to Capistrano For you my heart will always, always Always, always yearn that's my buddy. <laughs> when you say that you're sorry, then I will understand. Neath the harvest moon, we'll pledge our love anew. <laughs> That's an F sharp. Oh, shut up. Oh, my darling, though we're parted. Come back to whence. Yes, whence. <laughs> we start And, sweetheart, then I'll come back to you. George, that was wonderful. Absolutely when wonderful. When I say I beg you. And believe me, you're true with it. Uh, believe me, I'm grateful. <laughs> Good night, folks.
Wilson speaking. This is the United States Armed Forces Radio Service.